Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today is going to be like a saucy one. I hope you have your glass of wine because you're going to need it. (laughs) I have my girl, Sam, here, who is a, if I say it wrong, please correct me, a sauvignon. I always say it wrong. A a sauvignon. (laughs) That works. Uh, Sommelier, sommelier. (laughs) Yep. It all, it all flows. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I'm going to pass you the mic, kind of introduce yourself, but um, while I I pour myself a glass of wine. (laughs) Wonderful. Already poured. (laughs) But yeah, so introduce yourself. Sounds good. Yep. I am Samantha Capaldi and I am a certified SOM. I started uh, getting into wine about six years ago and flash forward, my business is Samantha Sommelier Wine and Consulting. So I kind of do a, a blend of uh, private wine tastings, which have gone from in-person to virtual um, and then one-on-one consulting with people who are trying to, you know, grow their social medias, stuff like that, um, kind of dipping into all aspects of the wine community with the attempt to make it fun and approachable for any level of wine lover. I love that. And how did you kind of, how did you get into it to begin with? Kind of go through that. Yeah, that's like a funny question for me because I I don't have a cool story where it's like, oh, I was in Italy with my grandfather and <laughs> he showed me his vineyard. It's like, no, I, I went to college. I did the usual, um, graduated, took the first job offer that came because I didn't know what I wanted, um, worked at Yelp and I worked there for less than a year and was just like miserable. And I was like, this can't be the rest of my adult career, you know, and it was, it was a blessing in disguise because it took me to be that unhappy to figure out what would make me happy. You know, Mm -hmm. growing to college, I never had a certain passion. You know, some people are like, I'm going for med school. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a psychiatrist. Nope. I was like, I just want to have the degree, you know, and I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so being unhappy at Yelp, I was 22 at the time. I'm like, I'm going to really try to talk to people. And luckily those calls, those cold calls I was making every day were with business owners. They were with entrepreneurs. So I talked to all types of entrepreneurs from restaurants to wineries. It was, it was just so cool. And I was like, that was really, really inspiring. So it wasn't even me wanting to get into wine necessarily. It was me wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I always like to tell people that because I think that was the root of what made me go to wine school was to find a certain niche to make a business out of it. So kind of making it a little bit of of a smaller story. I ended up finding a school in Northern California. 
it was called the International Culinary Center of Campbell. And it was obviously a culinary school. You want to be a chef, but they had a small program for like less than 10 people at a time who wanted to train to be a sommelier. It was an intensified sommelier program. And I was like, that's cool, you know? And so I did a little bit more research, you know, barely. And I was like, I have this much saved up. I could afford it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. And I was dating my now husband at the time, sharing rent with him. And he was such an angel. He's like, you know what? Go do it. Like I'll manage, I'll figure it out. So I, went. I moved to California, I lived with three like 19 year old male chefs for four months. <laughs> it was just super random. It was like new girl, you know, and I, and right. I bought them alcohol, you know, they cooked me food. Um, and I did the program. I was the youngest one in it. So it was like a little bit stressful being like a step behind everyone who's been in the industry for years and years, but I passed, which was great. And throughout that journey developed my love for wine. So I knew I liked to drink wine. I knew I liked, you know, being adventurous with food. I like travel, but doing that program and seeing how there, there's so much more to wine, right? Than just drinking it. There's so much that goes into it. It's it has a story to tell. It's an experience. So that all just made me fall in love with it. Is it's going to learn about it more, obviously. And then that inspired my travel within, you know, those few years. I went to Italy and France and Spain and you know, thankfully it was all through work trips, media trips. So that was awesome. Um, and it just took me the, the journey of learning and experiencing to develop the love, which flash forward to now is stronger than ever. And is to, to break it down for people like you who love wine, you just want to drink some good wine, have, you know, a nice evening with your friends and your family and not think too much about it, you know, but be confident that you found a wine at a good price point that you love. So what I do in my tastings is we're just really real about it. You know, we don't sugarcoat it. I didn't make the wines that are in front of my clients. So I'm like, we could talk shit about these wines if you want. Right. I want you to find wines that you love, right? So keeping it a friendly, safe, open space for them to ask any questions it could be super random. Like it smells like pea Sam, like, why is that? And I, there's nothing, you know, off the table. And I just think, you know, in the restaurant industry, that's not the same, right? So it exactly. took yeah. quite a few jobs to, and, you know, working side hustles to develop my brand, to be able to teach about wine the way that I want to, right? Well, um, I mean, you've really, you've really built yourself a brand. Like when you, I know when I started following you on Instagram, like, you know who you are. Like, I'm like, I know who she is. <laughs> so kind of talk about that. Like, yes, you knew you want to get into the, the wine industry and, and you know, you want to do this for a living, but how did you, like, how did you figure out how you're going to serve your brand and the people that you want to connect with? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. It's not like a simple magic formula of, of a way to be your your true self on social media. I think it, it takes a long time because I started after Psalm school, I started my Instagram and my blog shortly after just for like shits and giggles, you know, while I was working in the restaurant industry and I was not myself. I came off online as a really poised, like classy Psalm, you know, really elegantly dressed, like pouring bottles, you know, those all fancy, pretty shots. And so when people in the local Scottsdale area met me in real life for a tasting, they're like, you're not who 
we expected. Like either, you know, they meant it in a good way or a bad way, but like I wasn't the Sam that they saw online. And it took a few times for that to happen for me to be like, no, I want to be the exact same person online that they meet in real life because that's how I would develop a clientele that was meant for me. So instead of taking bookings that I wasn't loving, let's just give an example, um, really wealthy people who have like a huge seller, they already been to Napa and Sonoma countless times, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but that's not my preferred clientele. Mine is like, Sam, I love wine. I'm going to your shows. Like, what should I get? That's what I enjoy, like teaching about wine, keeping it really easy, not about your 1993 Margo, <laughs> right? So I, I decided it would be for the best for me to be happy to develop that clientele I was looking for to put that Sam out online. So that took me, you know, to, to get on my stories and just talk how I normally talk you know, to show my goofy side, whether it's me like wine drunk in my kitchen, (laughs) you know, like drinking, like doing like weird, weird things, uh, just being who I am, like when nobody's looking. And I had to accept, yeah, that would eliminate not only a certain percentage of a following, but a certain percentage of a clientele. Because there's a lot of people who are like, no, when I think of wine, I don't want that. Right. And it took me a while to accept that because let's be honest, like we want everyone to like us, you know, and it's easier said than done to be like, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Like, let's be honest, we're always like wanting to be everyone's cup of tea. But it made me so happy that, you know, I did it long enough that I built the Samsung community that loves me for who I am. So when I launched my first wine club, literally a week or I think it was two weeks ago, it was like the week before Thanksgiving, I gained a hundred members in a day because I built this community for them to know exactly what they would be getting into with that wine club. It was like no guesses, no, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to commit to a year. They all sign up for annual memberships. And that's what I mean where it just all pays off. So I like to tell people that took me years to, to be that Sam. But then once you kind of really figure it out, you, you redeem the benefits, right? So uh, it's 100%. worth it if anyone's in that position. No, a hundred percent. And I, I think that's for, I think that's for any, like any job you want to get into and you won't have to hit that social media uh, platform. Just be yourself. You will create that community. If you're exactly. And the people that you might want in your community and they, they finally see who you are and they're not interested, let them go. They're not for you. They're not exactly because they're not going to buy from you anyways. If they follow you on Instagram, you know, and like then unfollow you, like they weren't going to ever be a a client, right? Right. So your goal is to cater to those ones that are maybe engaging with you, messaging you, subscribing to your website, and then buttering them up so that you know they will eventually buy from you, right? Because you know that they like you. They just need to pull the plug and like you know trust your service, right? So mm-hmm. focusing your energy on those people, not gaining, you know, that, that clientele that would never even buy from you in the first place. I love that. And before I get into like, maybe it's pe- if people want to get into your industry, I wanted to, because you've had some, you know, well-known people that you've connected with through your club and, and you work with. So let's take, for instance, um, Caitlin Bristol, mm-hmm. right? I know that you, you are connected with her. Yeah. Now, at, did you pitch her or did she pitch you? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I feel like when you see people like myself get connected 
with those celebrities and all of that, you're like, how did that happen? You know, Mm -hmm. and you can't help but wonder like, what did they do? What could I do? And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm super transparent with that type of stuff because everyone should win and everyone should be able to connect with people they think that they should be able to. But so with Caitlin, that was kind of a little bit of both. So during the uh, the peak of the pandemic, you probably know this, we mm-hmm. really got into virtual events. You know, we really got into connecting through Instagram Live, Zoom, that all kind of like really became a, a thing to keep us sane and to keep us still connecting um, instead of going in person to, to media events and to, to networking events, you know, they turned into online events. So there is a, a woman like empowerment um, community called She Factor. Mm-hmm. And they've been following me on Instagram for a while, I believe before pandemic. And then once they started doing virtual events, they were like, oh, Sam would be perfect to come on and talk about wine, which, you know, I got, to be honest, a lot of those inquiries, you know, to come on and you know, liven things up with, with education, but also like we're drinking. Right. So having like that good balance where we're going to have fun, we're going to drink, but we're going to learn a little bit too. So I became like that, like sommelier, that virtual song people wanted on their, on their events. So they invited me completely unpaid. So, you know, when you, you establish yourself in in your position, like you do want to be compensated, right. You got to, you got to value your time. So for me, you know, I had to think about, is this worth doing for free? Is it not? And that's always up to you. You know, what do you see value in from the event? To be honest, I didn't know what to expect with this She Factor event. All I know is I like the girls that owned it. I didn't know who would be on the call. I didn't know if it was going to be 10 people, 10,000, nothing. And I said, yes, I liked them. I liked their vibe. I'm like, what can it hurt to, you know, spend 20, 30 minutes of my time, right? So I said, yes, you know, then I get all the details. They, they didn't know this was going to happen, but not only did they, they use Spade and Sparrows, Caitlin's wine for the tasting. They sent me some, that was the first time I tried it. It was a complete surprise. Caitlin popped on the, the tasting and that was a spontaneous connection of me just saying yes to something, right. Mm-hmm. And not expecting the worst or the best. And, you know, she came on, um, her team came on all of that. And then basically they, they loved the way that I talked about wine. They were like, we would love to have you see them, you know, as um, at this point in time, they didn't call me their go-to song, but right. come on one of our tastings and kind of do something similar. So I did that. They do quarterly tastings. I did one, I did the next one turned out, okay, we have this ongoing relationship, you know, you help us, we help you. Um, and yeah, turned into, to their, their song for their wine club. So that one was a a more of a organic, like just Mm -hmm. happened out of nowhere type of thing, which is really cool. Um, And that did lead me to a lot of, you know, other connections because she would share on her stories. Right. Mm -hmm. So a good example of one connection leading to to multiple. Um, And then I got a little bit brave, more confident in like, Mm -hmm. what can I lose reaching out to someone? Like I'm always like preaching to my brand clients, like, as long as you pitch someone and you tell them what could benefit them, right. And not what benefits you. It's, it's what can you lose? Like the worst thing you could do is pitch someone big, small, whatever, and say, I really want you to come do this for me. So I can have this, this, and this, right. You want to say, I would love to work with you to help you to give you right. You always want to phrase it as what you're helping them do. Right. And ultimately, hopefully it's a win-win for both. So giving you an example of someone I've pitched myself, 
I love new girl. You know, I follow all the cast on Instagram. Like, and uh, I started uh, looking at Lamarne's uh, Morris, mm-hmm. who plays Winston. He started sabering all of a sudden. I was like, oh my God, this is like such a perfect time to, to you know, grow some balls and pitch him, you know, because he he's sabering. I always saber. So I, I ended up resharing his video. I messaged him. I'm like, oh my God, Lamarne, like, I love that you, you saber. I'm actually hosting a saber virtual class, like for my, for my community. I would love for you to just join, like obviously for free. I would send you wine, all of this stuff. I didn't ask him of anything. I didn't ask him to do anything. I said, you could join. Um, here's wine. Like what's your address? He responded back. He said, hell yeah. He gave me his address. Like I, his number, like the whole thing, like he is just the most exceptional humble of a celebrity I could ever imagine. But that turned into like, whoa, like just asking and, you know, being yourself, you know, turned into that. So now, you know, we're, we have that connection where if um, I wanted to like send him wine, I could, you know, he'll, he'll tag me in a story, like just kind of that, that natural, like fun relationship online. And maybe someday, you know, he's in California, he might need a, a song for an event you might think of me, right? So planting that seed. Um, so easier said than done to, to do all of that. But I just think you just never know. You never know what that one question pitch could do. Yeah. And I think that uh, the most important thing that you said was just getting out of your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the worst that they can, what, what is the worst that could happen? They say no. And that's what I, I mean, me specifically with this podcast like everything, everybody that I've reached out to, I've learned to have no fear because right. I, like they could say no. Okay. And move on to the next, all those no's could maybe uh, turn yeses along the line or not right now. So no, I love that story. And I think a lot of people who are listening could resonate with that too. And maybe give it a little bit more confidence to whatever they're doing right now. Yeah. But a couple of more questions before we end here. Um, for those people that are listening and then maybe want to get into what you're doing, kind of give them some tips and advice on like how to even get started in something like this. Yeah. Um, so it really just depends on like, say you want to get into the wine industry. It really depends on, okay, but what part of the industry, right? The service, the sales, wine making, education. Um, so my best advice is to just research like jobs in the industry and kind of see like what you could see yourself doing because the winemaking side is way different than like what I do. Right. So, you know, there's programs you could do. I went through the core of master sommeliers, Mm -hmm. which is what you could, you know, eventually call yourself a certified sommelier. You know, you could go for your advance, you could go for your master's. So that would be more if you were trying to go into the service area where you want to work in wineries, restaurants, tasting rooms, all of that. You could also go through um, what's called the W set, uh, just W S E T, and that is similar in in training, like like sommelier, but it's more education focused. So that's really good if you see yourself wanting to to just overall like teach about wine, you know, whether it's in a tasting room, you know, um, that education, you know, side of it. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like winemaking. That's not my expertise. That's going to like UC Berkeley and doing like the viticulture like program and stuff like that. But I think my biggest advice is, and I don't blame everyone for seeing, oh, all you do is drink wine. That's so fun. Like, oh my God, I want your job. Like, 
I've learned not to let it offend me because I know that that's not all I do. And I know that it took five and a half, six years to actually make money. Um, You don't go into wine to make money. That's like the simple answer. You go into it because you love it. And hopefully you, you find your niche where it does make you a living and you do, you know, hopefully, you know, turn it into a good profit. Um, But I would start just small besides researching online before you invest in a program, like not to promote myself, but like do a tasting with me, you know, like book a a virtual wine tasting, like, you know, see, see, like, if you really do like learning about those details enough to like go study it yourself. Um, And a lot of people do it on the side, like say they have a full-time corporate job and like, they don't love it, but they need something that, that makes them happy. And they look forward to, you know, um, I would say, you know, studying wine on the side is a really good start before you quit, you know, your career and like go right into it. So it just really depends. I just say, uh, just know that it's not all what it's cracked up to be on the outside. Um, and there's a lot of like cons to it, like any job, um, and just be able to, to accept that, that, pay decrease. If you were, if you were like an engineer and then you go into wine, like that's going to be a little bit different. Um, and I mean, I'm making a wine label right now. All it is, is money up front. You know, all it is, is, you know, money to pay people. It's, it's not glamorous. You see all these people like making wine labels, like celebrities and all that, they have money to do it. So it's, it's about, it's about investing in what you love, developing those connections with like-minded people in the industry, like in any career. Um, and just know what you're truly getting into. Cause I see a lot of people get into it and then quit because they see that it's not just drinking wine every day. Um, and yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know. I think that you made it super, super real. (laughs) And I think that's with any, and that's with any job that it looks, it might look pretty on the outside with the curated Instagram feed and like the, the, you know, the program or the wine, you know, the wine bottle, but it's, it's a process. It takes a village. So I love that. And my last question, which I love to ask everybody that I interview, um, is if you wrote a book, what would the title of your book be? This is so weird. I had a dream that I was writing a book last night. (laughs) That is so weird. Oh my God. Oh my God. And what was the name of the book I was writing? That would have helped me with this question. Damn it. Um, I was writing a book. What would the name of it be? I would say just do you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you can build a lot from that title alone, you know, and it could mean anything it wants to the particular person, like what it means to them to just do you. So. I'm sure I could do better if I really thought about it. But that's I love it, though. <laughs> I love it. I can already see it in the bookstores and on Amazon. I see it. I see it. Um, You'll have to develop that. a book of everyone's, like, book titles, you know? Like, you you could write a book on, like, everyone's, like, stories and, like, who you talk to and, like, what, you know, what it all meant to you at the end of it. Like, I feel like just you, like, meeting all these different people and personalities, mm-hmm. like, that is a huge story to tell. I love that. And for the listeners, how can they reach you? And I, I, I want you to definitely promote yourself with everything that you're doing so that because I'm going to put everything in the show notes so that everybody yeah. can go to you. Um, yeah, so definitely uh, my website is samanthasommelier.com. 
Um, from there, you know, you could reach my Instagram, which is Samantha Sommelier, my contact, all of that. Um, like I mentioned in the beginning, I did just launch a wine club that has so many cool different perks besides just the wine, you know, there's tasting events and trips and special guests. And, you know, it's really a wine community. So for anyone who just loves drinking wine, maybe you feel like you've been doing it a little bit more solo lately, and it's making you feel kind of bad and you want a really good group of, I mean, it's all women right now, but I'm not opposed to having men in it. I'm a really good group of fun, approachable girls to, to drink with and chat with and and share tips and stuff, all of that, you know, it's really awesome. Like in our community app right now, we're all sharing our dogs and our cats, like our fur babies. And we're just, we're just super uh, friendly and just real. It's not all wine. Um, And it's a great way to just connect with like-minded people and just see, you know, the fun and the rest of the year, even after the holidays, I know it gets a little bit depressing because we don't have a lot to look forward to. So I've been trying to tell people, join the club. You know, you have a year's worth of friends and wine and all of that. So just kind of a cool way to gift an experience to someone like you and maybe a girlfriend who lives across the country. You'll have that monthly tasting to look forward to as like your date together, um, which I love. There's like mother-daughter duos in it. And it's oh, just really so sweet. cute. Yeah, who like live apart. Um, so just a good way to to remember that even though we're, we're kind of, you know, not getting away from constantly doing virtual stuff, but as the world opens up, you forget that you still could hang out with your friend that lives in New York and you live in LA, you know, more often than once a year. Right. So just remembering that these, these virtual events can keep you guys in touch and you could be doing something fun rather than just jumping on and talking, you get to drink wine, learn, do an activity, um, and just kind of make a little event out of it. So definitely recommend checking it out. Yes. Well, Sam, I really, truly appreciate you. And if you guys love this episode, please tag the two of us. We'll show, we'll share it on our story, show you some love, but cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we'll definitely talk to you. Sounds great. Thank you. Cheers, everyone. (laughs) 